0: Welcome back to the Integratness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. I'm Jason. She's Jolene. We're here to take you down another deep dive of mental health awareness, fulfillment, something. We're, we're taking
1: you into your greatness, folks. Yes. We're
0: unblocking all
1: the things that hold you back and make you fearful of your
0: greatness. Ooh, nice segue, because this week we're talking about fear. people (laughs) people find fear scary and well it is scary that's why it's called fear right yeah but there's a whole bunch of different things about fear sometimes fear is good sometimes fear is bad sometimes it's good to listen to that feeling of fear sometimes it's not so we're going to help you kind of navigate that fearful feeling that you get and hopefully make you less afraid of fear
1: yes we're gonna unpack the shit out of this one guys so if we look at like the oxford dictionary okay for fear the noun version of it an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous likely to cause pain or a threat and pain again emotional spiritual physical any kind of mental pain it's all the pain okay verb is be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening, okay? So, again, connect with what fear means to you, okay? What does fear mean to you? And I'm going to take you straight to your body. When you think of fear, what kind of things happen? Jason, what happens to you when you're afraid?
0: Oh, there's that um, tightness through the chest area. That's usually where I feel it. Okay. And then, it's funny, I get burpee sometimes. Oh. Like through the the acid reflux kind of response. And then there's also this sort of feeling in my head, almost like a lightheadedness will kick in. Like if it's really something really scary. Like sometimes if it's like, you know, the the like the, the movie-esque jump scare where it's something that just gets you for a moment, it's like, oh, and the whole body just does this real jerky shock thing, and then it's over. But if it's something like it's I'm exposed to something for a long time, it's just, yeah, the chest gets tight. The breath gets shorter. I get kind of burpy, and there's I get kind of lightheaded.
1: Amazing. So from a trauma perspective, if you were in my therapy office, mm-hmm. I would say you were experiencing some core symptoms that are trauma-related symptoms around the sympathetic nervous system, our fight or flight mechanism, activating. So the core stuff around the activated heart, stomach, all of that—that's very fight or flighty. Mm-hmm. The lightheadedness is very dissociative. Dissociation starts to come when we are in a place of freeze. So that's typically where our body will freeze, and we are disconnecting from our body. We are actually trying to essentially exit the present mentally.
0: Some people, if you want to get real metaphysical about it, uh, they say that's when your actual soul has just disconnected itself. Your- it's just off somewhere else. That's what yes, it's like, right? yes.
1: And it is. It's very much our awareness, our, our our like conscious presence to our body. There's a huge disconnect there. Okay. So think about that and that description, because I will refer back to that continually throughout here. So some of the things that I do with fear, it's quite interesting. Um, I laugh.
0: I laugh. People who laugh too. I laugh, and
1: it's the weirdest, creepiest thing ever. Like, I will just start laughing incessantly. Because I'm so activated internally and don't really know what to do. I used to always have nightmares as a kid that like if I got attacked or something, I wouldn't be able to scream. I was always afraid of not being able to scream or have a voice. So at least when I know that I like laugh, um, at least something's coming out. (laughs) So if I am laughing hysterically at you, don't take that personally. I might be scared shitless (laughs) Um, or I might be laughing. So there's a few different things that we just want to kind of throw out on the table of fear discussion, okay? And we're probably going to jump all over the place, but they're all interconnected. Think of this as like a buffet and you fill your plate with what makes sense to you because we've all stored fear in different places, mentally, physically, emotionally, and based on the experiences we've had with fear through life. Do we... Um, do we befriend fear, okay? So fear and anxiety feel the same in the body. We always go back to the body when it comes to emotions because that's where they're stored, that's where they're expressed. Believe it or not, they have a name from our brain, but they are stored and expressed in our body. Fear and anxiety often feel the same. So what you, um, and and excitement, okay? Uh Excitement. So now we partner excitement in there. People do differentiate between fear and anxiety because I think there's so many people living in a constant state of anxiety. It's a lower grade version of fear, but it's still different. People will very much separate the two. Add excitement to that, okay? So I think back to my days as a dancer. Before I went on stage, fear and anxiety in terms of performance anxiety, that actually helped me perform. It helped me get a little bit of adrenaline. It helped me get more blood to my muscles. It was all of those pieces of that like slight activation of fight or flight. But the knowledge of I am safe. This is what I'm here to do. OK, so think about that in your life. So for you, oh. you actually chase fear, Jason. Oh, doing live radio.
0: Uh would be the the burps. Yeah, would start and it would be across the chest. I wouldn't get the disassociated though.
1: That's why I was burping was so much in our Christmas episode,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? it no, because all the alcohol you drank. No, not at all. <laughs> but yeah. So, but that would be that feeling. But yeah. Then you go, you go live, you perform, you're on, you're firing on all yeah. cylinders, right? Doing presentations, the same thing. Energetically, I'm actually going to say that that's clearing your throat chakra. Probably. When we're looking at, at like our
1: energy centers in our body, that is your biggest like purpose delivery system. Yeah. And a lot of that burping is clearing out that center that's gonna do all the work yeah, too. It stops
0: as soon as I start. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that, cool. So yeah, no, I, I chase, I, I, I we hunt ghosts. Like yeah. all like And, <laughs> I, and that's a, Generally people find that very scary, even though it's not really that scary when you're doing it.
1: Yeah, so it's scary and exciting at the same time. And yeah. this is where I'm actually gonna send people to Jason's Instagram page. <laughs> Go and send it because they were at my house uh, the other weekend and can can we talk about yeah, it here okay yeah. so so there was an actual voice heard there was a legitimate voice heard there's recorders everywhere There was a whole bunch of interesting things about how the voice was heard, who heard it, who didn't hear it, where it was recorded, where it wasn't. But what the coolest thing was is when Olivier listened to it on the recording because he was the one who said right away, did you hear that? So he put these earphones on and he listened to it and his reaction is on video and it's posted there. You can feel what was activated in all of that. And there's fear and excitement and holy fuck, what was there was there
0: and I was right. Yeah, he didn't make it up because like he... The funny thing, and i got to put it into context, because Jolene and I are on one side of a doorway. Yeah. He was right in the doorway. And the door was open. The door was open. So he heard this voice. We didn't. His recorder and Peter's recorder, because Peter, too, was on the other side of the doorway, although upstairs, they picked it up. My recorder didn't pick it up, and neither did my camera
1: but we could hear it on their recordings after after.
0: we didn't hear a thing
1: it was so trippy you guys so i want you to go to jason's page and look for that because it's that's like a physical depiction of what that that looks like right
0: yeah jason hewlett official
1: Okay, so you guys chase fear on a daily basis. It's exciting, but it's also fearful at different times. And some people like to ride on that, the um, adrenaline junkies, right? So something that I do to keep myself alive and to keep myself pushing through the hard things in life, we do not evolve, we do not grow, we do not become successful people without breaking through fear. I 100% believe that. We don't we don't grow if we stay in the comfort zone and the comfort zone means we stay everywhere that's very very comfortable. We're not pushing ourselves and we're not going into the unknown and typically the unknown is something that we may fear. So with that, I always make myself do things that I'm a little bit fearful of or that require me to take risk in fun ways. I play with fear so that when real life hits and I have to do something really fucking scary like leave my marriage or leave my government job of security and open up a private practice, I know that I can do it because I've felt that discomfort of pushing through fear and I had fun doing it. That's why I play through fear. So one of the things that I do is every time I'm out at the lake in the summer, I make sure no matter how old I am, I go off the rope swing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always take the, like, I want my kids to see me doing that. I want, uh, I, I made my brother-in-law who is a police officer do it. And I think that pushed him out of his comfort zone and he fights fear every day right? being in that job. But that was a weird playing through fear for him right um and of course like he did it in front of his kids and like there's like the different pressures i think about you even going to yoga and having to go from like martial arts physical uh you, you know
0: full contact
1: totally yeah. into like this yoga practice where you're totally new, you feel out of place, you're looking at all these other people who are like killing it there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm just going to do this, right? That's all fear, right?
0: I went skiing with my son. Yes. This last weekend. I haven't skied in 20 years. And I wasn't very good at it back then. <laughs> and, but he's been learning through school. So he's like a pro, right? He's got it all nailed down, all these lessons. I haven't done it in 20 years. I get on the T-bar lift. I get up to where I want to get off. I can barely get off the T-bar. I fall down. I get up. I start skiing. Barely survived the first run, waited about a half hour, did another one, and this had like a huge ass crash. Lost my skis, all that. Griffin went by and laughed <laughs> so he continued down the mountain. I got the skis on and I couldn't stand up. Oh no. And so I just squatted on the skis and rode <laughs> down and just walked in and booked the lessons. So no. But you did. And there's people watching. It's like that's it's, amazing. you're just kinda like, fuck it. I, whatever.
1: And at that point I'm gonna be more afraid of what I'm not capable of doing the next day. Like that's the risk you take oh, as I an adult.
0: Shit the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I was done. But it was fun and we're going back. Like
1: Yeah. Right? But to like push through. I know. I'm going through the same thing. Like, gosh, I had been like on and off snowboards over the years and then I wasn't through lots of my pregnancies and stuff. And it was like, oh man, can I risk like can I risk bailing mm-hmm. in you some used. of the ways? Like I used to dirt bike. I used to do all those kinds of things. But now there's like more risk to injuring yourself, oh. right? There's more things on the line too.
0: Long-term uh, side effects too of injuring yourself. Once yes, you get to age. I know. right? It sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but playing through fear is a really important thing. So I want you to think of areas of your life where you have been afraid to do something and then still chosen to do it anyways. And where the reward was, honestly, these are the things we probably pride ourselves in the most, we talk about the most. They're the things that become the best stories. So you were even just saying you like booked a flight and you haven't done that. Like you haven't flown in how long?
0: 11 years.
1: Yeah. So all of these like new things of like, this is exciting, but fearful at the same time. And it's really funny because for the last like couple minutes here, I can actually feel in my body, like excitement and fear in, in my chest. Like I actually feel that right now as I'm talking about it. So that alone, like as you're listening to this, what's it activating in you and that activation is also storage of like previous trauma previous experiences um and some of that is just stuck in our system right and that's where uh play can can kind of sneak that out but really pay attention like what were some of the scariest things in your life like can you think of some like legitimately scary
0: yeah i can remember i had a car accident in 2005 it was on Ord Road. Mm. You know, as you cross 8th mm-hmm. and you come down, there's a the big metal work Yeah. And uh, the amount of time that me and my buddy were in the pub, it went from being like plus four or five and wet to like minus two or three in black ice. But you couldn't tell till you went over that lip. And I remember the, losing control of the vehicle. And I just kind of let go of the way. It was like, I, I can't do anything. Like I said that to my buddy. Like I can't do anything. I said, we're going to be fine. And then these headlights came around the corner. I'm yeah. like, we're not. Gonna-. And I just remember saying like, we're fucked. And it's just bam. And the car was destroyed. Yeah. Under the firefighters, they're like, you shouldn't have walked away from that. But that, like, I can remember that moment. There's like a feeling like no control, scared, and then like scared shitless with the headlights. And now, even driving in winter, I get moments of where it's like, shit. Like, I can almost feel that sensation starting again. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mine's the same. And it was the same year, actually, I think. 2005, yeah, and it was the same kind of thing. It was uh, at the end of January and going up the uh, up the bypass from like Valley View up to Sahali. And the sun was just at that point mm-hmm. where it blinded everyone and it was just white. And I saw a flash of red lights. I knew somebody was braking and I went from like 120 down to 20 kilometers. And within seconds, a car crashed right into me and was underneath me. So wow. I, had a, I had like a little truck. It was underneath me. And then, of course, I kind of, (laughs) I was a smoker at the time and I was like, my cigarette was still lit and I was like, oh my God, my vehicle's going to blow up. I need to just go and I kind of just started like running from my car. I thought everything was going to blow up and sure enough, somebody had rear-rounded a semi right in front of me and I stopped just in time and this car had no idea I was there. No clue. So they were under me, airbags blown out and I thought they were dead. So I just remember that's probably the closest I've been to like a psychotic break in terms of like losing touch with reality Um, and to this day, Anytime time that the rain is too much, it's all about visibility yep. and my inability to trust the other people. Because yep. I made the right choice by slowing down and not hitting the people in front of me, even though I didn't know they were there, like I knew, but I didn't. But yeah, it's all about out of control and, yep. and, and not being able to trust others. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and just not trusting the weather because it changes so quickly and you have no control over that. Totally. Right? So that, yeah. that's a big, that's a big moment of fear that I remember. And then I've always had like this fear of snakes. Yeah. Since I was like a kid.
1: We should EMDR through that.
0: I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be gone though. Who knows? But it's just, it's funny how that just, it, but, and it's just like when I was a kid, like I could watch, you know, the scene in Raiders yeah. of Lost Ark. It took me years to actually watch that. You know, I know It's a movie. Yes. The oh, snakes, the snake pit. To get to the snake pit. Yeah. Now I can't. And no you're problem. super
1: excited about the new Indiana Jones. So. <laughs> there's no snakes. <laughs> so think about that. What are some of your experiences with fear? Right. Um, I try and think. I used to kind of have like a reoccurring bad dream every year as a kid. So I remember getting some fears around that. Some people have fears of needles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have fears of objects, stakes, snakes, all you steak. I don't know. You guys like steak? I like steak. I like steak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a <laughs> uh, but thinking about some of those things right and like is my fear what I perceive as irrational or is it a reasonable response to something that like very unreasonable happened to me right so yeah. I might have irrational responses to weather and somebody else driving and different things like that but it's not really irrational looking at the source of where that's coming from right I understand where it's coming from and I've actually EMDR through that and a lot of stuff and actively like tap on my knees while I'm going through through things like that, like it's quite a process. Um, to the point where, like, yeah, it's it you it's still activated in different ways. Um, depending on on what that is, right?
0: Well, that's where it's like you acknowledge the fear, but it's not preventing you from doing what you need to do. It's when that fear prevents you from getting in the car ever again. Absolutely. Or never flying again. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like
1: I had a friend who lives in Kelowna and she messaged me um, about EMDR therapy because she was doing it there. And she said, I have had a very intense fear of driving over bridges and have not done it here she avoids everything all her appointments are on one side of town right um and she said after emdr therapy she was able to drive over the bridge and she's got a family like she's a busy gal right yeah but (laughs) so commendable and when you're able to like conquer those things so yeah i do help people through lots of that my mom has a big fear or snake fear as well and i've told her i can help her with that too Snakes so are scary. <laughs> yeah, but snakes are so symbolic. They're all about transformation and like even like kundalini energy. And yeah, they're probably telling you something, Jason. <laughs> they're telling you something. Maybe that's your spirit animal.
0: <laughs> no, mine's black wolf. So. Okay. <laughs> oh.
1: <Yeah. laughs> all right. So some other things that like fear and the feeling of fear and discomfort can evoke in us is sometimes that's our intuitive response to something don't feel right or I'm nudging you towards something. So that's the other thing. And that's something that we unpack a ton in my office because sometimes people's trauma responses, their fearful responses that start in the gut, like you were saying, yours is gut and then like acid reflux and up into the throat, all of that ends up actually stifling the true intuitive response to something. So we have to clear out the trauma responses from that like uh that body system activation standpoint so that people can c- connect more truly to their intuition, right? So sometimes it is around that. And I know there's been times where I'm just like Fuck hard, no. I'm just not supposed to go there. I don't know. I just don't like that person or like there's something about them or there's something about this that doesn't feel right. So that's also that intuitive piece. And I think most people, you know, that whole follow your gut, right? That's really... Um, what it is, I remember one of my clients, he's so funny. He had like um, cellular trauma. So for me, I get a lot of uh, reoccurring memory trauma from the car accident, same time of year. My muscle memory will come back and get some problematic stuff around that. Um, And I just work through that every year that it comes up or death bursaries and things like that. But this guy was funny. It was around a pretty significant um, anniversary time in his life. And he was like, I don't know. I think I just ate too much pickled herring. And I was like, this... This is not about the pickled herring. <laughs> this is legitimately a trauma response that's replaying in your body right now, right? <laughs> oh my
0: god. But to think it's the pickled herring. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like,
1: No, I'm pretty sure it was. And I was like, It's all good. As long as it's not there anymore, we can differ on what where that where that origin is, right? Yeah, so looking at some of those pieces, right? Um, And then we have the people who are all about uh, like crime podcasts and stuff. And my theory around this, you guys, I haven't actually checked this out yet. But when Jason talked about when he got really lightheaded and stuff, that's a dissociative response where we're checking out, we're putting a filter on what's happening between us and the world at present, because it's almost like our breaker is blowing and it's going to, it's overloaded, right? So we're trying to put filters and sunglasses and earmuffs on because it's too fucking intense. Um, So I think that people who are perpetually in an activated state, instead of them wanting to fight or flight in that sympathetic nervous system activation, okay? You can't fight or flight at bedtime, No. okay? You can't fucking run, you gotta lay still. So they scare themselves into dissociation and the highest form of dissociation is passing out. So my hunch is people get so jacked up, but because we learn to be so calm on the outside, that's really what people are doing is they're like white knuckling it until they detach enough from their body by being scared shitless that they fall into this nice, lovely dissociative (laughs) sleep. That's my hunch, guys.
0: Maybe I, I I don't know. It's probably the same for horror movie fans. Although I watch it because I know it's it's a, it's almost like a way to help process things. Like it's it's such BS, right? But you're taking on this emotional ride. But it, you know it's safe mm-hmm. it's not real.
1: So you get used to tolerating the discomfort, the fear, you hit the top of the roller coaster, which is what I do with people when we're processing EMDR work and stuff. They get to the top of the roller coaster and I'm like, okay, you got two choices because they have one foot up. They want to go out that fucking door, you know, because you've been here, you've done it. And I'm like, you can jump off the roller coaster, but it's going to fucking hurt when you fall or you can trust me that it has to come down and it will come down and you're sitting in your seat and you're safe. Right? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And that's actually a way, that's why people with anxiety find it helpful to re watch episodes of like sitcoms or shows that they already know the outcome for. Yep because they're comforted by the knowledge of what's gonna happen. That's calming for them. So there is a benefit to like, and I, and I like to watch a scary movie from time to time, but I don't like to do it by myself. So I've missed out on that for quite some time. And my ex really didn't like scary movies and stuff. He was like a super um, easily afraid kind of guy. And I'm one of those people that really like to scare people because I laugh when I'm scared, right? Yep. So I've actually been punched in the face, like scaring him. He for sure, like legitimate, like actually I was in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and like full punch he says it was a throat chop this is something we never agreed on I was like you full-on clocked me in the nose he was like it was a throat chop <laughs> that was actually a super funny story from years ago but yeah I enjoy scaring and surprising people yep. I'm a dick that way
0: <laughs> I-, I am too, actually. my wife and son get really mad at me because I'll just quietly come upstairs in the dark
1: Oh. when they're walking by
0: the stairwell, just stand on the stairwell as they walk by and they have, you know, they catch something out of the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, like that guy that I, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Jason's got lots of props around here that are scary as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about some of those things, like even what's your relationship with scary movies, um, you know, intense crime kind of shows where you want to see resolution. Sometimes that's actually what your brain is looking for is resolution and um, knowledge to anchor into during times of fright so anytime we're emotionally irregulated we want to make sense of it we want to move from our right brain of emotional functioning into our left brain which is like our adult thinking logic reasoning side of the brain we want to be able to make sense of what's going on that's why we want to understand the emotion instead of feel the emotion because it's so much easier to do that right
0: that's so true and it's funny because in the last three years um we're going to wrap this episode up here too and what we're going to do next week we're gonna tell you how you can now do all this stuff that we're telling you how you can work through it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting how during the pandemic, horror movies thrived. <laughs> they, they were the, they they would they were like still blockbusters. Interesting. Right. Whereas family stuff, drama, none of that stuff sold well, but horror movies overperformed.
1: Horror movies and Tiger King.
0: <laughs> and Tiger King. No, I didn't, I didn't, do, any, I it. I didn't know, do it. I didn't do it. No, either. we no, didn't do it, guys. It. But it's interesting how
1: yeah when
0: people, when people are scared, traumatic like you say, they want to take that ride, but there at least you know what the outcome's going to be.
1: Yeah. And it's like a desensitization of it too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, just get out and expose. And exposure therapy is a legitimate thing. Yeah. So we'll talk about different ways that you can help kind of conquer the effects of fear. But between this week and next week, really think about what is my relationship with fear? Where does fear get to play in the playground? So when I talk about the playground of emotions with people, and I see kids do this often, they actually segregate. I have toys that they can play with in my office, and they will segregate emotions like anger, fear, uh, jealousy and uh, sadness and they will like move them to the side they're not as welcome in the playground and really what we try and do is make space for all of them and recognize that maybe anger just needs more space or to be on the swings by himself or something Mm -hmm. right but like or herself Um, but anger deserves to be there it just plays differently than the other kids sadness maybe gets a little clingier, you know or any of those things and kids will actually partner a positive emotion with a negative one it's pretty pretty standard even though I don't prompt any of those things they will often put like happiness and sadness together fear and excitement together they naturally and they're these little connector kind of toys I have and for some reason the kids always turn those ones into emotions it's really cool yeah Yeah. so um, looking at all of those things and being like where does fear get to play a role in my playground? Do I override fear? Am I like an adrenaline junkie and I chase the shit out of fear? Because that's also your outlet. If you're needing an outlet somewhere and you need to process the daily stresses of life, a lot of times people will do that adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. fear-based, good, now I have my
0: release. Yeah, right? totally. That's a boxing list.
1: Yeah, Just totally. That
0: completely. Absolutely,
1: right? And you're like dirt bikers, snowmobilers, all of that, right? Because you can push your body to limits that are pretty intense in so many different things that we do, right? Um, Yeah. So I want everyone to think about that. And then we want you to actually try doing something new. And this can be something really simple. So some of my clients, you know, one gal, she was like, I went to a spin class by myself. And that was huge because I wanted to surround myself with new people and get to learn a new friend group. And I went by myself. And that was terrifyingly rewarding, you know? So... Think about trying something new. Give us some feedback on our Insta page. And yeah. definitely check out Jason's page and Olivier's reaction. It's so awesome. It's so intense. And what did I do? I laughed. I was laughing hysterically at that point, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, ha, ah, this is in my fucking house. <laughs> and then and then yeah, these guys like all leave me alone by myself that <laughs> night. And I was like, Can somebody check on me in the morning? <laughs>
0: Fuck. All right, so we'll be back next week to help you process your fears. Until then, I'm Jason.
1: I'm Jolene.
0: Stay spooky.